Good afternoon and welcome to Daily Cafefe on Unsafe Space with Carter and Carrie. Today is Thursday, February 6th, 2020, and we're happy you're joining us. If it's your first time here, this is a daily show that we do, the Daily Cafefe. You can also check out our other shows like Deprogrammed and occasionally have long-form interviews with people. Um, But uh, Daily Cafefe is more of a conversational show. We do it live on Mondays and Fridays, so it'll be live tomorrow. Um, I'm here with my co-host Carter Laren. How are you, Carter? I'm I'm well. Uh, yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm in a contemplative mood this morning. Why? <laughs> well, I was writing an essay about Dolly Parton, and it made me cry. And then, as as one does, <laughs> writes essays about Dolly Parton, tearful essays. Okay. Tearful. By the way, uh, I feel like you came up with that list of stuff the other day off the top of your head. To talk about. And uh, a surprising number of people in the comments were like, I want more Dolly Parton content. So <laughs> who cares about my opinion? Dolly Parton content. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I left into the microphone. I didn't realize it was over there. Hold on. <laughs> I tried to lean away from it. And I leaned right into it. <laughs> uh, I thought your list was great. I think we should do both lists. My list was just off the top of my head. So, well, um, Emotional. I I actually thought your advice was great. Just do whatever we want to do. So that's what I'm going to do. And actually, I didn't tell you this, but I might as well tell everyone. Uh, Sean Baker, who is the like big carnivore diet dude, has agreed to come on the show. So I'm scheduling a time with him. So that will be the next topic that I'm interested in that we're just going to do. That's not related to politics. So there you go. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I want to talk about that, too. Um, Okay, so I well, I was in a contemplative mood just because of some conversations yesterday and um, both both conversation a conversation I was a part of online and then a conversation that a friend sent me um, messages that you know she was t- telling me about this discussion well I would say discussion loosely with this guy who just started verbally abusing her um, and then this morning I saw Round Rabbit on Instagram who's one of the knit- the knitters I was gonna say um, she's a knitter and she's like from New York or something right I think I see her on Instagram a lot. I'm not sure. I can't remember where she's from, but she is a knitter and she's on Instagram. So she posted, she's been doing a great job of doing these really thought provoking posts in the past few months where she'll just do a word like today's word. She posted, yeah, you can't see that, but it says knee jerk. And then in the comments or in the description, she'll lay out some thoughts about that word. And so, so again, today the word is knee jerk and she's talking about these assumptions that we all make about one another. And, um, She says, every day gets a little more divisive and a little more irrational. It's got me thinking about how we perceive each other and how we make judgments about each other based on very little information. I'm going to tell you some things about myself. Just simple statements, no explanations or qualifiers, and let's see how they make you feel. Will will you change your opinion of me? If you liked me before, will you stop liking me now? If you know nothing about me, will you dislike me for my choices? Will you like me more? Will I disappoint you? Will you accept our differences and still engage with me? Let's find out. And then she just lists a number of facts. I'm a registered Democrat. I believe in responsible gun ownership. I'm an atheist. I love animals more than most people. (laughs) I do not like Donald Trump. I do not agree with the far left. I was a member of the Green Party for 15 years. I eat meat. I'm pro-choice. I believe in climate change. I don't agree with placing children on pedestals. I don't agree with the far right. I want everyone to be exactly who they want to be without fear. I believe that racism exists. I loathe cancel culture. I do not believe that everyone who supports Trump is a white supremacist. 
I believe that most people have good hearts. I believe that all people should have equal access to good health care. I believe that rabbits are superior beings. <laughs> Hold on, I need when to someone... unfollow her and cancel her. Hold on. <laughs> you can cancel her? <laughs> Brown rabbit, you've been canceled by Carter. <laughs> I disagree with some of those things, so you're totally canceled. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the world we live in online, right? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I like that. I like this list, and and she, uh, I, I, I appreciate when uh, sometimes it seems you can be thinking about something, and then someone else is that sort of collective unconsciousness that's happening, or collective con- collective consciousness, or whatever, where everybody's sort of thinking about and talking about similar things at the same time, and and so I had been thinking about the assumptions that people make, and. Um, and so I wanted to I wanted to just briefly share some thoughts I had, and then you can tell me what you think about them. Is that cool? I don't know if it's cool, but I'm I like it. But I'm not a good okay. judge of what's cool, so go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're the only judges that matter on this show, Carter. Okay. That's right. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so yesterday, I there's a friend of mine online who is like me a life lifelong Democrat who has recently walked away and he is uh, a gay man who has, I guess would, I guess you could say is part of walk away. Uh, I don't know if he's publicly said he's part of walk away, but he's definitely viewing things differently now the way that I've been doing and the way that a lot of people on the left, a lot of my liberal friends have been doing. And he shared something really interesting and uh, the response was somewhat disappointing from some of his, I would say, more SJW type of leftist friends. But what he shared was about the State of the Union. And he shared the opening paragraph from the Washington Post from the same writer for the Washington Post from 2016 and 2020. And the opening paragraph of the 2016 um, uh, essay or article in the Washington Post, same writer was basically saying it's really hard to fact check a State of the Union address. It was it was a fact check of Obama's address, and the okay. opening paragraph was basically establishing how hard it is to fact check an an address because it's it's these are facts, but they are being presented in a favorable light and. And it went on to praise Obama, as you can imagine. But, but <laughs> I, I love how they had to like. It's really hard to fact check, so we're not going to really debunk anything he said. Yeah, yeah, you should pull up the piece. It it, it was Washington Post. I, I I would pull it up, except again, I'm cheap and I don't want to pay Washington Post a dollar. So I, if I pulled it up, you couldn't read it anyway. Uh, I read it, <laughs> and, and now I've hit my limit of free articles. All right, here's the article. Okay, would you please read the first paragraph for me, sir? Sure. It's called "Fact Checking the 2016 State of the Union Address." Here we go. A State of the Union address is often difficult to fact check, no matter who is president. I guess unless they're orange and it's the future. The speech is a product of many hands and is carefully vetted, so major errors of fact are relatively rare. But State of the Union addresses are often very political speeches, an argument for the president's policies. So context is sometimes missing. You know, reasonable. Okay, I get it. Reasonable. Reasonable. Now read the first paragraph of of the one from 2020. Same author, same paper. Okay. Uh, All right, hold on here. Let me pull it up. So, (laughs) fact-checking. 
even the title, fact-checking President Trump's 2020 State of the Union. So the title of the previous one, fact-checking that one. Okay, fact-checking this one. Titles, similar. Okay. President Trump's State of the Union speech once again was chock full of stretched facts and dubious figures. Many of these claims have been facts checked repeatedly, yet the president persists in using them. Here, in the order in which he made them, are 31 statements by the president. Okay, so I just, if it's not apparent to anyone watching or listening, it, that this that you're that he's coming at this from two very different points of view and standpoint standpoint and he has a different bias for each president i don't know what to say to you it might be that you share that bias <laughs> and so it's hard for you to see it no no trump think? is objectively different <laughs> so so i bring this up because this friend who uh shared this, and again, lifelong Democrat until recently, I, I, I don't know if he switched his party or not, but you know, someone I would say is aligns with the walk away movement, uh, whether or not he says he's part of it, I'm not sure, but um, like myself, he started noticing a lot of these things, and he shared this, sort of saying, hey guys, like, look, this is how different the media is, like, just look at the way they try and prime us for what they're about to say next, you know, he was... He was shining a light on this, and I thought, wow, what a brilliant that he went and found the other one and just kind of compared it and thought, huh, like just the way they're setting you up to then lay things out. And it's it's a different, they're setting you up in a different way. So a, a lot of SJWs had a problem with this on his page, and he's still friends with a lot of them. So Wait, they had a problem with him pointing out that there was different context and set up, you know. Yes. Yes, they were very upset and they started doing all the standard, um, a lot of the standard, what we call the Trump derangement syndrome stuff, where they're just repeating things ad nauseum. And um, one of the guys, this guy, uh, I'm just going to call him Jimmy. I won't say, I won't name him in his full name. He started accusing my friend. He was like, you know, uh, basically he was trying to allege that there's a huge difference that the reason the, the, the setup here is different, I guess, is because there's a huge difference in Obama and Trump in terms of the veracity of their public statements. And, and so I, I responded to him, and I just, I just, I'm bringing all this up because of the assumptions that this guy makes about me and the ones that I make about him, and I was thinking about it yesterday. So this guy said, or I said, you know, the, the level of veracity of their public statements is is much closer than is the bias of the press coverage of their respective presidencies. I'm surprised you think the former is more interesting or important than the latter. So the, his response to that is, he says to me, the links that people will go in defense of this white nationalist president will never seem <laughs> to me. <laughs> I hope you have an unwanted pregnancy or live in a place where you can be fired for your sexual orientation or gender identity. Um, now that's this, how nice. This guy, yeah, and not a serious per right. So I just said, uh, you just made a baseless and frankly hysterically absurd allegation, white nationalist, which belittles the meaning of the phrase as if it means nothing. To use words so carelessly <clears throat> tells me you either aren't a person with both feet planted in reality or you're intentionally dishonest for some reason. 
either way, you're not a serious person. So here's the kind and kind-hearted, tolerant leftist response to me from Jimmy. Carrie, if you don't agree that Trump is a white nationalist, then you are one to kindly eat a dick. (laughs) Well, one thing about the left is they're eloquent. (laughs) Right. And I just, and and this, I'm not going to bore you guys with all the tit for tat after this, but I did say to him, which is true, like it happened so quick. I just said, there it is. The self that you try to hide behind a mask, how easily it comes out. Thank you. Like I just, I'm amazed at how sometimes how um, little it takes for a person like that who's wearing this mask of virtuousness and um, all this pretense and uh, virtue signaling, how quickly within the span of two comments, his true nature is revealed just so easily. And, um, and And so I was thinking a lot about assumptions because here's the thing. I already made some assumptions about him and he proved them correct in the, and then he continued to prove them correct over the course of the night. He continued to post messages that were, he called me an idiot. Uh, he called me a racist. Uh, he engaged in genetic fallacy, the appeal to authority ad hominem on the tax. Uh, when I pointed out, that's what he was doing. He asked me if I spoke English. He accused me of being a Russian bot. Wait, he asked Um, you if you spoke English. Why? Because ad hominem is Latin. He didn't know what those words meant. He didn't know what those <laughs> So he's meant. like a midwit who's trying to be condescending to you. Yes, he called me. Yeah, he called me. He called me an idiot, uh, which was funny. I, I mean, it's fine. That, what I said, I was like, I don't. It really, it doesn't bother me when you call me those things. I, 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 there's no way to say this without being insulting. But I'm not trying to be needlessly insulting. It's like, but you know, your uh, at one point he said he said you know he is a racist. He's been proven a racist. It's a documented fact. You know, and and you're like you're a white nationalist if you don't agree. And it's like, okay, you seem to have a problem separating your opinion, which is incorrect in my opinion, by the way. But you seem to have a problem separating your opinion from fact. And that's probably one of the things that's at the root of your unearned arrogance. Because you you think that your opinion is factual. It's like and 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 so it he I guess, you know, when you it, it's hard to say things like that without the person natu- necessarily he probably feeling he's feeling insulted and so he comes back with you're an idiot or whatever. But um, anyway, long, long story short, I'm, I'm, I'm making too much of this. What I was thinking about was how all of the assumptions he was making about me were incorrect. And, and, and this happens to me in threads all the time where they just automatically assume things about me. And that's why Round Rabbit's post was interesting to me because I'm sure based on what people have seen her talk about on Instagram that a lot of the SJW cult would just assume that she's a Trump voter, that she's on the right, or all these other things, because they just like to put you in, they think so narrowly. And ideologues are, they basically, it's like a person whose brain has been caged off. And so they look at everyone as if everyone else is like that too, and they put you in these little boxes. And so all the assumptions he was making about me, I'm not a real person, I'm a Russian bot, uh, like, like they call the walkaway people, uh, <laughs> a liar or a right, right-winger, excuse me, that I'm a Trump voter. 
people always say, you know, you're, they say stuff to me about like, you know, your boy Trump, whatever. I'm like, I didn't vote for Trump. Uh, you know, if I were to sit down with this guy and say, Hey, I, I don't, I don't go into the conversation with a list of things like round rabbit did, but if I were, it's kind of funny to hold those things back and then see what they assume because I'm like, dude, I've been a Democrat my whole life. I voted for Obama twice. I voted for Bernie in 2016. Um, you would probably be very surprised about how incorrect you are about with a lot of your assumptions. I don't and think yet, he would believe you if you said like, I think he would think you were lying if you said that. Yeah, they don't, they choose not because they, they hold so tightly to their assumptions. Yeah. But on the flip side, here's also what was interesting. It is easy to make correct assumptions about ideologues. Don't I don't I don't think that I don't I don't mean that people should get so comfortable in making snap judgments and and because you, when you, you you never want to get to the place this guy is at where you're just like outright assuming things and you won't believe the truth, but I'm just saying if a person has closed their brain off and they're in this kind of a cage and this kind of an echo chamber, and like we've talked about before, they're not speaking their own thoughts; they're just repeating things that their tribe has said, and they're not actually engaging in what I would call a real conversation or a real thought. They're just, um, it, it can, it can mimic or look like conversation, but they're just waiting for you to finish talking. So then they can spit out one of their talking points. They're not listening. And so for people like that, it is pretty easy to make accurate assumptions. It's like, I knew this guy, I, I didn't need him to prove to me that he, uh, was, you know, had, had this hatred in his heart for me or that he would wish evil on me or that he, like, I knew this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, so, I think there's nothing wrong. So there's nothing wrong with making assumptions about people it's in my mind. Like it's okay to make an assumption. If that assumption is based on experience, um, we all bring assumptions to the table when we start a conversation. The question really is, um, I, maybe there's two questions. I'm thinking, you know, this is uh, being worked out out loud here. Uh, but one of the one of the things to look out for is are is your argument based only on the assumptions you're making about the other person? Like, is it only about that? That's a red flag. But I think even more importantly, once you've made an assumption about someone and started to engage them, um, does anything that they say that do do you do you see any contradictions about your assumptions and do you change your assumptions at all right so you could go in assuming like let's say you meet someone who's dressed like smugly puff or twiggly puff or one of the like they, they look like a social justice warrior leftist because of their dress and you know maybe um something they said was was that you heard previously was um could have been taken as they were a social justice warrior. And so you kind of go in with the assumption that that's who they are, but after starting to talk to them, maybe you find out that that's not who they are and you change your opinion of them. Um, and I think that's totally fine. We can't go into every conversation completely blank and completely uh, with, we, we can't go in with no assumptions about people, but how we react to those people during the conversations shows whether we're um, thinking and willing to uh, revise our assumption about a person. So we start with a very generalized category, like I assume you're human. Then we start talking, oh, it turns out you're an android. I'm going to switch my assumption <laughs> about you, right? Um, or, uh, and so th and that just gets kind of more narrow. Or if you just kind of double down on that assumption in kind of a, I mean, these people are very Manichaean, right? It's like black or white, black or white. So 
He's, he had an assumption about you, he put you in a particular camp, and then basically nothing you say could possibly dig you out of that category that he stuck you in. And, yeah. and that's I'm, it. And actually, if you deny it, it's just more evidence that you're mind. a liar, right? Yeah, I'm a trumpet in his mind or whatever. Right. But, but the, uh, well, here's another funny thing is this is, this is just on, online because of the kind of discussions I guess I, uh, I get into quite a, often. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, and because it's online and they can't see me or whatever, they always, uh, most of the time people assume I'm a Trump voter or I'm right wing and all this other stuff. And I've always been right wing, even, and I've always been, or I'm a liar or whatever, right. or I'm a Russian bot in real life. When they're looking at me, people uh, always assume I'm an SJ, I'm an SJW or I'm a, a leftist. <laughs> <See? laughs> what? Cause, cause the way I look. <laughs> right? I mean, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. People okay. assume I'm Mr. Rogers. We've gone over that. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of interesting too, because then you get people will just say stuff to you. Um, like that time I told you that guy uh on in, on South Congress in Austin, which is a very hipster SJW kind of place, said to me something and it was a white guy and he said to me something about uh, you know, yeah, I've just got a somewhere he was either moving to or moving from. And how he couldn't live there because he's like, it's just too many white people, you know. And yeah. this is like a white guy saying this to me, thinking I'm going to be like, yeah. Yeah, just, we hate ourselves, don't we? Too we many hate ourselves, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> like, but but they just assume that. That's kind of <laughs> funny. But but okay, so one other quick example, though, of, again, these are just things on my mind, um, of, the, of, of correctly, I think, making an assumption about an ideologue. And watching the mask fall. Nicole the Mountain People sent me this. It was a conversation she was in with someone. And literally all she did was there was a, a man who was saying uh, something about Nancy Pelosi ripping up the the speech at the end oh, of right. the Oh, right. She ripped up Trump's uh, uh, State of the Union address right. at the end of the State of the Union. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you guys haven't seen it yet, there's a really funny video going around now where you can see her earlier in the speech while he's talking she takes her papers. Did you see this yet, Carter? She pre-rips yeah. them. She, you can see her down. She pre-rips them? Go, she rips them on the sides and then puts them down so that when she's ready to rip later, it'll be easy. Oh. I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't have an intern pre-rip them because it's a little, bit, a little bit tough. It's kind of funny. It's like pre-rip this and put it down and wait. <laughs> anyway, so, some, so some guy was, was basically saying, you know, uh, I don't know. He was, he didn't, he didn't like that. Or I don't know. I don't know. But, but Nicole, of the mountain people agreed with him. And that's all she did was say, I'm with you. And right. then this other guy, this SJW type of man comes in and, um, says to her, Hey, Nicole, since I'm single, can I grab your, the P word? Uh-huh. No hard feelings. You're an aunt Tam to your fellow women. Aunt Tam, meaning... I was going to say, I don't know that. Uncle Tom. He's calling her an Uncle Tom to women, a traitor to women, to her gender. Wait, You're because an, she agreed that ripping, pre-ripping the State of the Union address was... I don't know, because she was, like, not... <laughs> uh, because he thinks she's defending Trump, or what, I don't know. And then he makes another assumption. He says, what are you going to do when your son or daughter tells you they're gay or lesbian? what does that have to do with anything? And, and why would you think that she would have a problem with that anyway? And like, why do you look at all the assumptions you're making about her 
based on literally her just saying, I agree with this other, I agree with this guy over here. And <laughs> this and guy then, who said something bad about Nancy Pelosi, I agree with. You must love Trump and sexual assault and be a bigot. Right. And I can, and, and, but it, isn't it funny how the mask dropped just like that? He yeah. starts talking about grabbing her by the pussy and just like that, he starts engaging in hypocrisy and all these things that he probably online, he had, he postures about being against just like the guy I was talking to it, two comments in boom, all pretense drops, you know, I hope you get the, like, I've seen people just immediately are like, I hope you get raped. I hope you, this happens to you yeah, or your kids. I've seen that too. Yeah. And, and th- these are people who one second are talking about voices for the marginalized and for women and right. for what and two second two comments later they show you their true self and it's it's not surprising actually that's that's the thing it's like i'm like thank you thank you for illustrating it i knew that was there i knew that was behind your mask yeah and you revealed it so quickly <laughs> it's not i to me it's not surprising at all uh, i agree with you and uh i don't know it reminds me of uh did you see this video of the person screaming about uh, fascism at um, I don't know, what what college was this? I think I think Jack shared it with us um, internally. Hold on, it was uh, Arizona State University. Did you see this? I think so. Do you have a clip of it? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me let me pull it up. It's like a while you're pulling it up. I would say this. It it's like people possessed. We've talked, we've talked about this idea of ideological possession before. Um, they're possessed by ideology, but also emotion, especially online. When you see people react in the way this guy did with me immediately calling me names, you know, trying to insult me for having a difference of opinion. It's, it's, he can't help himself. He's not in control. The emotions in control. And actually the drink is in control. Cause I just checked into that thread and now he's saying that he was drunk last night. And uh, he apologizes for the vitriol, but Trump's still a racist, and so are you, if you agree. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Well. But, the, look, they call it spirits for a reason. The spirits are possessing you, dude. Like, maybe you shouldn't be online making, trying to make arguments when you're drunk. But, again, all it did was show me your true self. Uh, you still believe all those things. You still, that's all in you. The drink just brought yeah. it out. The emotion brought it out. But that's in you. Yeah, also, he wasn't trying to make arguments. He was just clinging to what he felt emotionally and spewing stuff. Like, the grab him by the pussy thing, for example, is one of the dumbest arguments. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of dumb arguments about uh, against Trump. But that's one of the dumbest ones because the whole context of that was he wasn't saying that I like to go assault people. He was saying that when it's weird how when you're famous, you can just you could just go do this stuff and... People like, like women want you to do that. He was making a commentary on what it's like to be famous and how there are so many star effers out there who will just like let you do stuff. He didn't say he did it and he didn't say he like likes to assault people or that this was a normal behavior or that this was good. He just said, you can just do this to them, right? It was hyperbole as we all know, Trump speaks in hyperbole. It's just, it's one of these things where, um, you know, if, uh, if, Jim Carrey had said it, or George Clooney had said it, or any one of the darlings of the left in Hollywood said that during a Hollywood Access interview, it would be kind of like, ha ha funny. But, you know, as soon as 
it's revealed that someone who is not doesn't fall in line with social justice ideology says it now suddenly they're a rapist and that's proof it makes it's it's not even an argument it's just ad hominem and it's just him it's it's like a child emotionally gripping to something that they want to be true and using just throwing words at you they're trying the magic spells they're trying words um so can i address this real quick before you show me your video yeah yeah because I I I was one of those people who back when those tapes came out I was still a full blown SJW, and I've deleted some of my SJW posts because I was embarrassed of them. But I think I left those up, from what I recall, and I was posting about them saying this is not locker room talk. You know this is misogyny, and men need to come to terms. <laughs> yes, yes, Carter, you would have hated me because you have so much locker room experience. <laughs> Hey, I was on the basketball team in high school. The I, boys' basketball team? No. <laughs> All right. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Not that I saw many games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. we. I remember the uh, the emotional trauma of your basketball experience in high school. Let's not relive it. Let's, Let's not, not relive, relive it. it, Carrie. So I was very much like, this is not locker room talk. This is misogyny and... Uh, this is like, I, I, you know, I was doing the thing that SJWs do. I was assigning guilt to all of men for something that I, that even if I thought he was guilty of, I, I was assigning it to all of men, which is sexist to do that. And um, but but the way I look at those comments now is this. He's uh, guilty of being a cad. Is that the right word? A gross like like a playboy, gross, uh, a guy who's willing to use his money and fame and power to uh, use women for for sex or for sexual gain, right? Wait, wait, I Duh. know you're saying what? Duh. I know. Okay. <laughs> Duh. I, a revolution about Donald Trump. Right. Okay, so that's all the, that he's guilty of in that conversation, though, and and that, and you may think he's a bad person and bad, with bad character and that that's a gross kind of personality type. I do. I think those kind of guys are gross. But that's not sexual assault. And that's not encouraging sexual assault. And there are women who will let you do whatever you want if you have – it's a trade-off. There are women who also on the flip side of that, um, you could find saying, hey, when you're sexy and young enough – Men will let you grab them, but like there on the the trade-off is there are women, there are men who are willing to use their power and money, and fame, and there are women who are willing to use their sexual attractiveness and their sex appeal and their youth, and that's uh, uh, these are facts of. I don't know. It's like these are these are just this is the, these are the way this is the way things are. It doesn't mean that I think it should be this way. It's just that this is the way that some people use and abuse others is by using these 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 different things. And so for him to say, I'm a person who uses that to get what I want from women who are willing to give it up because I have these things, um, that makes him guilty of maybe being someone you don't want to be friends with or that someone you don't respect, but it does not make him someone who is advocating for sexual assault. And it belittles, it belittles the very phrase sexual assault and it belittles actual victims of sexual assault for you to try and pretend like that's what he's doing in that sentence. Yeah. And so if I recall correctly, I'm I'm not I haven't watched that clip in a long time. But if I recall correctly, he didn't even say that he does it. I think he said he can, like you could. You could do this. So, yeah. it's not even clear that he does it. Now, granted, he probably being I'm sure he does. 
totally does use his money to get uh, of course. sexual fame. I'm sure he does, right? But that's a story is a like that's an age old story. Like that's the oldest profession. It's women women trading sexual market value for resources and men with resources trading the resources for sexual favors. Like, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I don't think that's the way society should be structured, but this is not, uh, this is not like news. Uh, and it doesn't make him a like unique misogynist in some way. It doesn't mean he's like pro-sexual assault. He's just pointing out there's a lot of women who have low enough self-esteem that if you're rich, they'll do anything. And yeah. you don't even have to you know, do any of the normal wooing. I mean, look at someone that people like, right? Like, okay, Billy Joel, beloved musician. He's 70 years old. How old is his wife? Is she like 20? I'm kidding. <laughs> she's not that young. But she's, I don't know. You know way too much celebrity gossip for me. I have no idea. I didn't okay. know he was married. Okay, well, she's very young. I think he has like... uh. Oh, he just had a he just had a baby born in two years. He's got a two year old. He's seventy, and his wife. And don't tell me that there's not a trade off there uh, between, you know, money and fame and power and beauty and youth. Like that is a relationship that works because of those two things. It doesn't mean that they don't love each other and that those personalities haven't connected or whatever. But in this case, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to disparage their relationship. I'm just saying. The whole reason they probably ended up in the room together and were able to find out what the other was like was because of those things. There's no 30-year-old that's going to be like, ooh, let me get with that 70-year-old. Right. Unless. <laughs> anyway. Well, right. No, I, yeah. And, and just to be clear, I, I actually don't want to police uh, voluntary relationships between adults. I really could care less whether they're exchanging money or, you know, sexual favors. Like, it's not a – I don't care. It's not my business. I don't care. Um, and certainly mentioning the fact that there are star effers out in the universe willing willing and able uh, does not make one a pro-sexual assault uh, person. So anyway, Carrie, the, let, let me play the this, their okay. arguments. <sighs> Typical argument from these people lately. This was just at University of Arizona. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Okay. I Slash his throat. This. Slash his throat. That's what he's yelling. I did see this. I didn't know what school it was. Yeah, that's a. That's a demon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Do you know, know what I mean when I say that? As an atheist, uh, if I was going to make a like movie about demon possession, it would look kind of like that. Yeah, and I've seen a ton of these videos now in the past couple years. Now that I've come out of my SJW cave. <laughs> I started watching, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole. There's a ton of videos like this where you can see the demon revealed. And and when I say demon, I mean, it's a good catch-all word for, um, I think, like ideological possession, something that's animating this person that it, he doesn't have control over. Yeah, I, I would argue that, yeah, I, I would argue that it's, uh, the ideology is an enabler, but there's got to be, it's, it's actually like psychological trauma that's being enabled by ideology. It's like give, the ideology gives him permission to indulge in uh, 
in reactive behavior that's 100% psychological trauma as a non-therapist. I, I, I think I could agree with that. But there's definitely some, yeah, the, the, the ideology he feels gives him permission and moral, moral permission yes. to engage in this. It's like being gripped by an emotion, but more, but more intense than that. I don't know. It's well, really. Imagine when like you've had times, Carrie, I know because we've spoken. <laughs> you've had times in your life where you've like uh, your emotions have gotten what? the best of you and you've maybe. Well, I've been possessed. What? Oh, yes, I've been possessed. Oh, yes. Right, right. So you've had times in your life where, like, your emotions have gotten the best of you and you've expressed anger in a way that maybe you um, think wasn't the most optimal and healthy way to express anger, correct? Uh, that Where I've expressed it in the worst way. Yes. Now, can you imagine an entire infrastructure of academia and the media telling you, you're moral for doing that, Carrie? Do you think you would have more or less of that behavior in your life? Oh, more of it. And when I was an SJW, I did, I did indulge in it and I did excuse it. Yeah. I used to, I used to drive, I mean, we've talked about one of my bumper stickers before, but I used to drive around with my pickup truck covered in SJW bumper stickers. And I loved it when people would get it. Part of me loved it when people would get angry at me because I loved engaging in the moral fights with them. Um, I would get out of my truck and yell at people. Yeah, I realize that you're making an argument for not talking to people because um, we would never have started this show if you and I had spoken during that period of your life. We kind of just remained Facebook friends not knowing each other very well. Um, but we would not have been Facebook friends. I never would have seen your essay and we would not have been doing the show together. <laughs> no, I was totally one of these. I, I may not have been as bad as this guy, but I don't know, maybe. I was bad. It was bad because you have the ideology tells you you're righteous. I remember once I was at a, I was getting a coffee at a coffee shop in LA, and I had a, I had an army bag with me. I had like, even it wasn't enough to have it in my truck. I had to have buttons and stuff. I had buttons that said like, you know, F U C K Bush, you know, and all this stuff about Bush <laughs> and and uh, these two old women. One of them said something. You know, she was being a busybody. I mean, she could have kept her mouth shut too, but come on. I'm there asking, I'm, I've got the buttons, like, right. talk to me. You're inviting I'm, dialogue. I'm inviting cause I'm broadcasting. They love to broadcast their beliefs. They can't, they can't do anything without broadcasting it. I don't broadcast my beliefs now. I have one bumper sticker and it's about Johnny cash. I'm not telling you what, what you're looking <laughs> about anything, right? Like, but, but they, you'll, you'll, you'll notice them. You know, they say like, you know, a tree by its fruits. Um, you will know an SJW by their stickers. Like they need to let you know. You have to know what they believe. It's really important. And I was like that. And I had these buttons and this woman was like, she said something about how rude my sticker, how rude my button was or something. And I just unleashed on this woman. And I don't remember what I said, but I was cursing her and calling her name. I, pr I probably called her a white supremacist, misogynist, who knows, like they do, you know. Sure. And and that's what I call possession. You let this, you let this anger and trauma, like you said, unresolved trauma and other pain that I had from other parts of my life and childhood and whatever, and you you let yourself be a vessel for it and you let it possess you and you feel morally good because you're funneling it through this ideological lens. If now that I think about it, even it's almost like yeah, you're wearing those things and you've got those stickers because 
you're hoping that someone pokes you about it so that you can blah, right? You know, vomit your rage. Because it's it's your form of therapy. Like you want to be able to scream at someone, so you've got to like, but you can't be overt about it. You have to kind of fool yourself into thinking that the world needs to be screamed at. So you got to put the little buttons on and wait for someone to provoke you. Um, but you got to yeah. do everything you can to kind of, you know, nudge them in that direction. Yeah. While still claiming that, you know, you were just minding your own business. Right. Exactly. The and thing that bothers me, like, see- as a parent, like, I just think it's horribly rude to wear stuff that has, like, that level of swear words around in public. Like, I, you're a horrible person for doing that. There's kids, like, you don't, there's stuff that, you know, there's a reason that we have ratings on movies and that we don't expose kids to stuff. If you're running around public exposing kids to stuff like that, you're just, you're a jerk. Well, they think here's here. They think they know better. Uh, they think they think that they know better than you do what's good for your kids, and that, that there's nothing wrong with those words, and that you're a prude. Oh well, They're, that's fine then. Never mind. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying. I'm trying <laughs> to explain the psychology behind it. They don't care because they think they know better. Like this guy I was talking to calls me an idiot who believes that his opinions are fact. Like they believe they're better than you and smarter than you. Yeah. Well. And more moral than you weirdly and you know it's just i don't know this has been an interesting conversation we should talk more about what a horrible person i was <laughs> <laughs> we can do that another time we don't have to dwell on your horribleness i know it's good <laughs> you're making up for it you're making up for it carrie um God. yeah i don't know it's it's uh it's what you're seeing all over on the Democrat Party now that like the Democrats have been possessed by the same demon and it's starting to get you know the leaders uh are more practiced at keeping the demon at bay, at least in an obvious way, right? They're not going to, you know, if Buttigieg got up and screamed at someone, uh, he'd probably not get to rise to the power that he's hoping. Um, but but there, it's still there. The ideology is possessing them, and you can see it. So, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, wait, wait, one last thing kind of uh, related to the Democrat stuff. Um, my friend, who I've interviewed before, Bosch Faustin, uh, he was banned from Twitter, so uh, you can't see him post on Twitter, but he did. I'm going to read something that he posted on Facebook that I just think is funny, and I wish it would have been a good tweet. <laughs> he writes, The Democrats will now quietly accept Trump's acquittal and begin to try to ingratiate themselves with the American people, giving us great <laughs> reasons to vote for them. <laughs> so. Wait, 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 read that again. <laughs> <laughs> he said the Democrats will now quietly accept Trump's acquittal and begin to try to in- ingratiate themselves, sorry, ingratiate themselves with the American people, giving us great reasons to vote for them. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what will happen. Yes. <laughs> that's hilarious. This is a new kind of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you just knew it's not going to happen. That would be lovely if it did, <laughs> but it's not going to. <laughs> Yeah, so. they can't call that hate speech, can they? Because you're envisioning something lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the whole hate speech, but the policy stuff is a separate issue. I was just looking at some some crazy stuff. Like they're so inconsistent with, uh, with stuff. Anyway, that's a, an issue for another day. But yeah, it's like saying that guy in the video. This guy will go home and contemplate whether or not he was allowing old childhood trauma. <laughs> Right. Animated. Right. He's going to go home and come up with really rational and 
cogent and calm arguments for convincing the other side next time. <laughs> yeah, because screaming, screaming didn't work, so he's going to try it. He's going to change his tactic. Um, go home and engage in some self-introspection uh, and make a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Of course he will. There is hope, though, kids. There is hope. There is hope. I left it. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for watching. I guess we can wrap it up, Carrie. Um, thanks, everyone, for watching. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and hit the subscribe button. Hit the notifications button if you want to find out when we're live. Uh, if you hit the notifications button, what happens is you're entered into a YouTube lottery where 1% of you will find out before the show starts that we're going live. So <laughs> it's a fun game. Um, and uh, when are we live tomorrow, Carrie? I think what? We're live at 1 o'clock Texas time. All right. You heard it straight from Carrie's mouth. She'll be there on time at 1 o'clock Texas time. I will try and have tech sorted out so uh, so I can't Again, be there. We'll see. I want you to know I've been living up to my resolutions pretty well during the live podcast. I've been showing up on time. And Carter's also been living up to his. He's been chilling out. I have been chilling out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally chilling out. So, All right. Um, thanks, everyone, for watching. Go to unsafespace.com slash donate to support the show. And we will see you tomorrow at 11 Pacific slash 1 Texas time. And I guess we can say two Eastern time. We got to throw that in for you East Coasters. Take care.